Welcome to another edition of Father Time, uh, the guide to all things dadding. That's the story here. We uh, we talk about uh, parenting. Um, try to, you know, in a comedic way, but I, I don't think there will be a problem today. My guest today, um, I don't know if they'll know you by face, they won't. but they'll know you by words. <laughs> and honestly, the pen is mightier than the, <laughs> okay. the I'll take that. sword of Damocles. Sure. Uh, my guest today is the head writer on uh, The Conan O'Brien Show and has been for 17 years. Uh, well, I'm the, technically the head monologue writer. I'm not the head writer. I head wanna, monologue I don't want to get fired. Uh, I've been with the show for 23 years. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus. It'll be uh, 23 years, uh, March 14th. So if you've enjoyed even one joke in Conan O'Brien's monologue, then you have Mr. <laughs> Brian Kiley well. to thank. Uh, my guest today, Mr. Brian Kiley. Brian, thank you so much for coming. Sure, sure. Um, you are... Um, I see you all the time doing stand-up. You have a full-time job, and yet you still uh, get out of the house every night. I tr- what is wrong with me? You have a sickness. I do. There we, is something We often wrong. fight about it because I go, dude, go home. Spend time <laughs> with your true. family. That's true. Um, so we kind of became friends that way. i uh, seen you on Facebook, and you have two beautiful children. Well, thank you. Thanks yeah. very much. Uh, one's a collegiate bas- uh, baseball player. Yeah, my son is a junior at Oberlin. Uh, and uh, he's a pitcher on the baseball team, and my daughter is a freshman at Boston College. Boston College, your yeah. alma mater. My, yeah, yeah, it's very yeah. weird. She, her, where I started my career, so to speak, her dorm is like thirty feet across from there. So, it's do you just, tell her crazy stories about how you got drunk? And I kind of keep those down kind of on the down low, but oh, okay. but I do. It's funny walking around there, going, "Oh my god, I was passed over there," or whatever. Like I just think about like taking her back for. Dropping off for freshman orientation, I had all these terrible flashbacks where I just, I just kept cringing as I was walking. What I had positive flashbacks. Oh no, I I don't remember the bad. Oh, I'm always like, oh my god. Do you? Oh yeah, yeah. It's like, do you remember the bad over the good? I I tend to do that in life too. I, I, if you ask me to name. 10 good shows versus 10 horrible shows, the horrible shows would come to me much quicker. Man. <laughs> those scars are, are deeper. It's terrible. I'm also joined by my producer and partner in crime, uh, Mr. Andy Lerner. Andy, another Boston guy. It's kind of a Boston it's guy. It's a little bit of a reunion. Yeah. Yeah. Sort of we got yeah. the Sitco sign blasting on the table. And stuff. Go Pats, go Celts. Uh, Andy, are you that way too? Do you... I only I think I remember the good things more than the bad things. Oh no, it's all horrible. <laughs> it's, all, it's all horrible. I think horrible things do make a better impression. Maybe I do remember the, the whole because I think your adrenaline surge is more for the horrible things, and then that's what sticks it into your mind. Well, in some ways, I mean, the, there are some lessons that learned by the bad things. So you go, okay, I'm not doing that again. You know, it's the touching your hand to the stove. Yeah. But still, sometimes it's like, okay, that was 30 years ago. Can you? No one remembers that show but you. You know what I mean? I do so, remember a couple yeah. of incidents that. Yeah, that stick out where I'm yeah. like, yeah, oh, yeah, that was a <laughs> that was a bad weekend. That was a yeah, yeah, my uh, my father. You don't walk around all day going, why did I say that? Oh, oh yeah, I do yeah. that. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, I guess I yeah, no, I guess I do. <laughs> all right, let's go back. You have uh, you're you're deeper than most of my guests into the parenting. You're almost an empty nester. I know, I know. Well, yeah, I guess I, I guess you are an empty nester am, at this yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Which I. I'm not into it. Well, <laughs> I can only imagine. We'll yeah, get to that. Yes, yeah. Let's talk about your childhood first. You grew up in Boston. Yes. Uh, I was one of five kids. I was in the middle. I don't know why I said that with a question mark, like I'm asking you for confirmation. Uh, yes, I was... Uh, yes, Brian, there were five of them. <laughs> I was well, there's the, no middle of a five, I don't... I guess, oh, you know, you're exactly in the middle. I'm you're exactly number three. in the middle, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that does make sense. Uh, so I had an older sister and an older brother and a younger brother and a younger sister. I had the complete set. Okay. Yeah. And I grew up in Newton, Mass., yeah. 
He's so, isn't he so polite? Everything's so, <laughs> we're going to get to the end. Uh, Irish Catholic family, yes, Newton, yes. Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. Very, that's pretty stereotypical. Uh, well, it's funny. Everyone in my neighborhood was either Jewish or Catholic. I feel like I didn't know anyone Protestant. You know what I mean? And right. when you see these things in the news where a majority of the country is Protestant, you're like, what are you talking about? Everyone's either, you know, it's just how I grew up. And then I think my kids have had always had similar right. things, you know? Right. Uh, t- talk about your dad a little bit. So your dad, uh, five uh, kids, five Irish Catholic kids. Yes. Yeah, so my dad, um, like yourself, my dad was a veteran. Mm-hmm. Uh, my dad uh, was in World War II. Uh, my dad was a sergeant. He was in uh, did mortar. They did the mortar. He did the mortar shells. So did he? He oh wow. Okay. And he uh, he was in the Battle of the Bulge. Jeez. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you, choose uh, interesting story. Where my older brother was seven years older than me. Uh, my older sister was nine and a half years older than me. So it was almost like two separate families in a way. You had the two older kids and then the three younger ones. But when my older brother was a kid, when he was in junior high, the movie The Battle of the Bulge came out, and Henry Fonda plays Colonel Kylie. Now, my dad was a sergeant, <laughs> and Henry Fonda's playing a fictional role right. or whatever. But my brother told all his friends that that was my dad. So his friends would come over, and they'd be like, were you in the war, Mr. Kylie? Yeah. Were you in the Battle of the Bulge? Mm-hmm. It's him, you know? <laughs> and they would just kiss my dad's ass, and he had no idea that they thought, you know, he, they thought he was like... The this. movie was about him. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know the movie. Does Kylie, does, does Colonel... What happens if he dies at the end? Well, you know, it's fun. To, he's probably the hero, right? Yeah, he's yes, the hero, he's right? Got, he, yeah, he spoiler alert. There's I hate only to, a couple movies. I hate to doesn't. ruin this movie from 50 years ago, but Henry <laughs> Fonda's the hero. He's basically... Oh, no! <laughs> Whatever Henry Fonda movie you watch, I, I hate to tell you, he's the hero. no! Really? Um, Sergio Leone's Once Upon a Time in the West. Henry Fonda's the bad guy. Oh, I love that movie. And he's the bad, the, bad guy. The part with the the, the uh, gun in the boot. I don't want to give anything. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? This, 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 this is a Western this with a gun and a boot in it? Yes. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. from 50 yes. years ago. <laughs> um, I don't remember that part. He's it, it on the train, and he's like looking, and he sees the boot. Whatever. I don't want to ruin it. That's several hours into the movie. I just remember the movie is like three hours. I I only it's, saw it like two years ago or something. Like there's all these movies on Turner Classics that, that I'm finally watching. Too. You know, too. yeah. And there's a lot of movies because my older brother and sister were so much older than me. When they were twenty and twenty one or whatever, they'd go to the movies and they'd be like, "Oh, we went and saw whatever," and I'd be like, "Oh, I got to see that." So I would finally watch this movie from the seventies like a year ago and be like, "This is a piece of shit." I've been waiting my whole life to see this right. thing. You know, this you Charles Bronson list? thing. No, just in my head. You know, I wasn't, I wasn't that, that anal, but I remember them going to see Breakout with Charles Bronson or these other movies, and... I just watched Hard Times with oh, yeah? Charles Bronson and uh, James Coburn or something, where it's a bunch of old guys sitting around watching Turner Club. This is what happens. This I is know. empty nesting. It's, this it's is what true. it is. It's true. It's terrible. Um, what was your dad like as a kid? Because I, I can tell you that my father, coming out of World War II, was kind of a, and a Boston guy, was yeah. a little gruffer, maybe a little Archie Bunkerish. Well, he, he was very... Um, you know, my dad was um, a very reserved guy. I mean, like he was—you didn't want to get him mad. You know, he was. <laughs> you like, mean there was an Irish Catholic guy who didn't express emotions and yes, you didn't want to get him yes, mad? Yes, yes. I mean, wow. he definitely had that thing of like you're like, whoa, you know, like you wouldn't like the stuff that my kids would say to me. It's like I would never say that to my dad. We just talked about that the other day with my kids yeah. just screaming at me, and I'm like, my yeah. father would. Oh my god! Did yeah, yeah, he, yeah. Did he hit? Um, that was, you know, there was some, some of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Even your, this, yeah. Is, this is, this is the whole premise of our show is that all of a sudden uh-huh. I had kids and my father had never told me anything. 
I, he never showed me how to shave. He didn't show me yeah, anything yeah, in yeah, my yeah. life. He was just like, you're there. Go do yeah. it. And I'm off to work. And all of a sudden, when I got into kids, I have no idea. And so I started talking to all these other dads, and we realized we're going through the exact same thing. Sure, but we sure. never share it, so yeah, we all yeah. think we're not. Well, I, like, I remember when I was like 11, and he was going to tell me about the birds and the bees, and I'm like, I already know all this. You know what I mean? At 11? Yes. By the time you're 11, you hear all this stuff in the playground. I know, but I I don't think I was, I I wasn't locked in on the details. No, no, I wasn't either. But I was like, I know where the babies come from whenever he's like, okay, I'm out the hook. And that was I really didn't. I thought I did, but I was. No, no, I didn't really either. But I thought I did. But he didn't. He was like, okay, fine with me. I'm off the hook. You know, he wasn't. Did he sit He actually sat down and said, Brian, I need to talk to you for a second. Well, he was going to. And then I said, you don't need to. And he was like, good. And then that was it. (laughs) So it was not much of a talk. It was like a five second talk. When you finally got to the point where you did have sex where you're like, wow, I should have taken that class with my dad because now there's some things I'm, I'm a little confused about. Well, you know what? I did give the woman some nylons and some chocolate. So I- <laughs> did you? That's, that would be such a great... <laughs> that's so, that's um, the birds and bees. Here's some nylons and chocolate. When your dad's a World War II vet, that's yeah. pretty much how... And uh, you well, should learn some French. Probably just a few words in French. Just a few French. words in French. Un, un petit par. Well, um, I give him credit because my father never sat me down for one second to, to tell hilarious. me anything. Oh, never once. Hilarious. That was never... Any, yeah, I think he did show me how to drive, and it was quick and dirty, and he oh. yelled at me a lot about oh, shifting. Oh, the yelling! Oh and my he was god! Like, god damn it! Just pull, pull off! Yeah, yeah, yeah! All oh, the yelling was yeah, yeah. And I was, was like, like, I got them. Yeah, yeah. And I, it's funny. My older sister just never did anything wrong. You know, she was like the straight A student and the student athlete, and she won in her high school. That the end of the year, when they graduated, they have an, have an outstanding senior boy and an outstanding senior girl, and she won the the thing for the being a senior girl. But the only time I remember my dad ever yelling at her was when he was teaching her to drive. And it was so shocking because your whole childhood, she never did anything wrong. And then suddenly he's yelling at her. It was like, what's happening? You know, like my world doesn't make sense now, you know, whereas maybe, we got well, we, maybe she's a terrible driver. Well, he's just very, I, I do think there is that being a little bit high strung when you're in the war. Do you know what I mean? Like loud noises, yeah. he would freak out. And he said, so he was very much, on edge, ready to jump, you know. I do think he was kind of jumpy from... It's funny, I'll tell you, one time when I was like 25 or something, I was having like a Sunday dinner with my grandmother and my dad, and my grandmother and I are having like the appetizer. And my dad's already in... Finishes meal and he's in the kitchen doing the dishes. And my mother's like... My grandmother's like, oh, he's so jumpy. And I said, was he always like that? And she said, no... Just since the war, you know, so just in the last 50 years, he yeah. was like that, you know, so. Did he ever talk about it? He f- didn't f- until the t- until the end of his life. Um, and then he went into detail. Well, I did actually, I, I want, I, when my son was a baby, I wanted to, um, I interviewed my dad, like I videotaped so him and I great. interviewed him. And I had, two, I had two different interviews. One was just about the war and it was just questions about what he saw and whatnot. And the other one was just sort of about his life, you know. But, um, you know, I'm glad I have those now. You know, my, it, my dad died in, um, at the end of 2011, at the sept- end of September in 2011. And it was kind of this crazy thing because I don't know if you remember, but 2011, the Red Sox were, had a big lead. And then all of a sudden, they couldn't win a game in September. Uh, I went to the the first game of the collapse. Okay. I was shooting a baseball show. Right. They were kind of dicks to me, really, which was blown me away because I was a huge fan. Yeah, of course, always. And went. then that was the chicken 
and beer in the clubhouse with Josh Beckett. Yes, month yes. Where they lost twenty four straight games. Or yes, something it was insane. They couldn't out. win a game. Yes. So everyone at work knows I'm a Red Sox fan. You know, and and everyone knows who's a fan of who. Yeah. Whatever. So my dad dies like the last day of the season when they just get knocked, they get knocked out. So I'm at work and people are coming up to me offering their condolences. And 90% are talking about my dad. But then there's about three or four people who are like, oh, I'm really sorry, man. Oh, thanks. You know, just they're pitching. They just couldn't, whatever. And you're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> you know? And it's like, well, there's always next year. It's like, no, there's no, no. There's, they're really... Uh, there isn't next year, you know. Like, you know, what what are you talking about, you know? But halfway through, I realized, oh, we're having two different conversations here, you know. Yeah. What was the interview like? Was he was he really forthcoming? Was he was it soon before his death? Did he know? No, it was a few years before he died. So he, I mean, he was certainly, you know, my dad was a very smart guy, and he was had very good details, I would say, and he. Um, now I'm blanking, but they, they liberated one of the uh, concentration camps. Oh, and Jesus. just talking about seeing... Really? Yeah. and see, I, I'm sorry that I can't think of the name, but it wasn't, you know, Dachau. Auschwitz or, or Dachau or whatever. But it's talking about seeing grown men 75 pounds and things like that. It was like, you know, which is, he, you know, all those years later was still horrific to, yeah. for him to talk about. Um, but it was... Um, yeah, there were a lot of interesting stories there, and and there was one, they they secretly sort of integrated his unit, and it was like not public. It was kind of like they were kind of dipping their toe in this because really? because Truman didn't um, desegregate the army until 1948. So this is towards the end of the war where they kind of and I thought that was very interesting, and he was talking about the 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 captain I guess who was in charge of the black troops who was this black captain my dad said he was a brilliant guy and had he been a white guy he would have been a general or something do you know what i mean but because of the circumstances at the time and whatever this is he went as high as he could and he was you know a natural leader and those kind of stuff so those stories i really found very interesting you know um and stuff that i had never heard before you know was your father i mean growing up in boston as an irish catholic guy my father for lack of a better word was a tad on the racist side uh, I, you know what? I give my dad credit for not being that way. Although he, I would say, any gay thing, <laughs> you know what I mean? He would flip out. Oh, well, he definitely would be like, "Oh, this guy's a fag." I bet you know, or whatever. Yeah. You know, what my I father mean? was like that too. Yeah, yeah. So there was definitely, but I, I did feel like he. I, I give him credit for, um, because you know you have those old, older relatives that say stuff and you're like, "Geez, you can't, <laughs> like, right. what are you doing?" You know. But he wasn't like that. But he did. He definitely. Um, you know, uh, any f- talk of gay marriage or any any kind of thing like that was like, what are you talking about? You know. But also, he's a very religious guy. Like he would go to mass. He would go to mass before work. Okay. Yeah. And so you uh, did, you grew up pretty religious. Well, my family, I we literally both my parents were super Catholic. Like if you had to say, give me one adjective to describe each of them, I probably would say Catholic for both of them, just as the, the first thing. Where we we probably had mass in my house. Like 20 times. Really? Yes. So like my parents would have their anniversary and it would be like their 21st wedding anniversary or whatever. They would have a priest friend of theirs come to dinner, like a Sunday dinner right. or whatever. He'd say mass in the living room and then we'd sit down and have dinner and then just have like a normal meal or whatever. Wow. And that probably happened like 20 times. What What did he do for a living? He worked for the phone company. Oh, okay. He just, uh, he worked in the office there or whatever. He'd go downtown to Franklin Street and he well, would have been... Yeah, I mean, I wonder if the war... 
maybe made him a little more religious. Or was he, did you meet your grandparents on his side? Uh, I did. I did. I didn't. Um, I didn't meet my my grandparents. My mother was like an, an orphan. But my 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 um, my grandfather died when I was like fourteen. But mm -hmm. my grandmother lived. She died six weeks before she turned a hundred. That's crazy. Yeah. So, and actually, her and I had like she and I would watch cartoons. We would watch Bugs Bunny or whatever. Right. Something would blow up in Elmer Fudd's face or whatever, and she'd go. Oh, the poor fella. <laughs> <laughs> I think you missed the point of the cartoon, Grandma. And I would be on the floor. You know, it was just, it really was, uh, yeah, it was priceless. Was there any crazy stories from when you were a kid of your, you know, were you, were you a, uh, it seems like you were a pretty straight-laced kid. Well, it's funny. I, I felt like I was always in trouble at home, but never in trouble. Uh, I shouldn't say never, but rarely in trouble at school. In trouble at home for what? Not cleaning your room. Yeah, like I mean, it was stuff. like it was it was a very tight ship, I would say, at home, and then I go to school. It's like, hmm, seems fine. You know what <laughs> I mean? Everything seems okay. <laughs> yeah. So it was just, um, yeah, I would say it was like a very strict household or whatever. Yeah. Know? Are you still close with all your siblings? Um, you know, my older brother, it's interesting, my older brother was kind of my hero as a kid, because he's seven years older, so right. everything he did, I was like, that's the coolest thing, and whatever. And he, it's funny, because my older sister was the one that my parents kind of revered, because she did, you know, and he wasn't a good student, and wasn't, he was in trouble in school, he was whatever, I idolized him, right. you know, but he was really funny, and I kind of learned humor from him, I would say, and... Um, so your father was not funny, like I... People, I never thought it, but my dad apparently was a sarcastic, smartass. And yeah. people who knew him are right. always like, you got it from him. But I never saw that. I just saw this angry guy. You know, but my, I guess I did get it from him. Yeah, my dad, I wouldn't say was a wise ass. He would, he would be sarcastic, but and he, and he was very negative about things, I would say. But he... Um, I think he we have that in common. Yeah, my yeah. father was negative. It was, it was yeah. like... What's the worst thing that can happen? Yes, that's what he, he'd go. He, yes, he disaster. Was I'd be like, so you know, pessimistic about everything. Uh, everything. Oh my god, everything. Oh my god, everything. For a guy was... who would survive the war, you I would know. think he'd be like, here we go. Absolutely, I'm living on borrowed time. Yeah. Now, was your dad in the war too? He was. He yeah. was a pilot in PBYs, and but he never saw action. Oh, he okay. got in towards the end. Uh, he was in Hawaii. I think he rolled a jeep drunk in Hawaii. I think that was the extent <laughs> of his action. But never went over to Europe or, yeah, or the yeah. Pacific. Well, my you know one of my favorite stories with my dad was a few when he was probably seventy five or so when he was living in Florida. He had this new neighbor that moved in who was like fifty years old who was from Germany, and the guy says to my dad, "Oh, have you been to Europe?" And my dad's like. Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and he says, uh, "Have you been to Germany?" Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, "Where'd you go in Germany?" He said, "Well, we got as far as the Elbe River." <laughs> and then he's like, "Okay, no more, no more questions." He got it. Okay, good nothing. Yeah. yeah. So uh, we, I went home, but some of my friends made they made it to Berlin. Just so you know, <laughs> we we all we got to Berlin. That's really funny. Yeah, my father. Yeah, at the end, he still was like. You know the Japs, yes, and the crowds. Oh, be yes. like, hey, yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. I, I, my dad wasn't racist. I would say towards black people, but I do remember, like, if you saw Japanese tourists, he'd be like, "Oh yeah, yeah. Pearl Harbor's that way," you know, yeah. like, like <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Like he thought he was being funny. I go, "That's kind of racist." But dad. you know, when you think about it, it's kind of like, like if our kids, if if fifty years from now our kids are talking about Al Qaeda, like they're good guys, and you'd be like, "No." 
Al Qaeda. What are you talking I, about? I, it's Al Qaeda. They I agree. You he know was what in I mean? A vicious battle with and, these people. And it's like you know, their Pearl Harbor Day was their 9/11. Right. Do you know what I mean? So it's like I'm never going to think fondly of Al Qaeda, no matter how what they do. Do you yeah. know what I mean? So I could. Kind of, I mean, I'm not condoning it, but it is. You do see understand why they're I totally understand like that. It. Yeah, and it was yeah. a different era. Absolutely. Kind of yeah. Um, so you um, you do well. You go off to BC. Uh, you well, yeah. I, did, I wish I went off to BC. I lived at home. You know, I lived in Newton. Oh, did you go I to did. school? I at did. Home? Yeah. Oh, so this is the made, thing that says so much. It's such a bummer. Where, you know, uh, BC was two miles from my house, and you lived at home all during college. I did, and oh, I could have I, by junior and senior year because I get on the list, and by junior and senior year, I could have uh, I could have uh, lived on campus. Mm -hmm. But my younger brother got into Harvard. And my parents were like, well, we, we can't afford to send him to Harvard and to pay for you, you know, whatever. So I just had to live at home for four years. Did he live at home and go to Harvard? No, no. He got to live at Harvard for four years. Jesus! Yeah. Because Harvard's not that far from Newton. No, that's true. It's an easy that's commute. True. That's true. Yeah, I would have bunked up you with got you. Yeah. I did. I did. You know, and it's funny that... I still bring it up all the time, and I think my wife's like, all right, already. Do you know what I mean? Like, you're 55 years old now, and I'm still like, you know, especially when you go on these college tours with your kids, you're like, oh, I would have liked to have gone here, you know? And I look at those... Those little liberal art schools in New England, Bowdoin, Bowdoin, and Middlebury, Babson, and yeah, yeah that's Middlebury, I'm Colgate. Like, yes, I'm like, oh, I would have liked to have gone here. Yeah, I friends who went there, but they're really expensive. Yeah, they were yeah. not cheap. And my father no. was like, I went to BU on a ROTC scholarship. Oh, nice. So my father, oh, my father was like, we don't have any money. Yeah, you, yeah, ROTC scholarship, or you're not going. Anywhere. Oh, good for Did you. Did you try to go to Harvard? What, what was no, that? no, I never. You know, what I, were the schools you tried to go to? Well, I tried to go to Bowdoin. And um, I tried to go to Holy Cross. You didn't get in a boat and you got in a BC? Yeah. But, really? Well, yeah, yeah. Well, Their Irish Catholic quota might have been off the charts. <laughs> <laughs> well, my dad had gone to there BC. there is no but... limit at BC. <laughs> That's true. My dad went to BC. Uh, uh, um, it's funny. My dad went to BC and then the war uh, started and then he... He couldn't handle calculus, and he's like, he's like, that's it. And he, and he went calculus or fighting yeah. the Germans. Yeah, it's like you know well, what? I'll take, I'll take the Nazis. Take uh, the yeah, and then he came back, and then with the GI Bill, he went and graduated from BC. So that was oh, that's cool. So I think that helped me get in. Yeah. Yeah. Did it help him go up the chain at the phone company? I think so. He stayed the phone. Isn't that crazy? Like he stayed his job the whole the whole time. Yeah, thirty whatever Which, years. Which especially years. for you. A Conan for twenty three. Yes. I mean that's unheard of in this town. Yes, that's true, and I do wonder how much of him like like maybe if he had bounced around from job to job, if I had would have done that, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's almost like no, you get a job and that's your job and you do that. Do you know job. what I mean? So maybe that's yeah. you know you don't know some how some of your decisions are made just in, you know subconsciously or whatever yeah. you know. Where did the joke writing come from? Because you, I mean, you're just a craftsman. Oh well, thanks, jokes. thanks. And obviously, to be able to write monologues night after night five nights a well week. yeah i mean there are times when you go huh. <laughs> you know you can't like a, this again you know but i think it's a little bit of having sort of an obsessive personality but also as a kid i remember i loved jokes and i remember being a, a kid where i got in trouble where i took a joke book out of the library and i didn't return and they're like hey you gotta return the book and i'm like i but i'm I like having this joke book around, or whatever, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and I had a friend say to me from elementary school that he's like, 
there are certain jokes that someone would say, this is when we were like in fifth, the fifth grade or something, and they, they go, oh, that's a Kylie joke. And I was like, oh, that was so weird. I was like, yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. So I think I was constantly making jokes. You, even as a kid, you were and uh, obsessed with jokes. You set up punchline jokes, not just the funny kid who spews milk out of his nose, but you actually were a craftsman who's like, here's the setup, here's the punch, <laughs> and an extra tag. Yeah. <laughs> Take it with you. But I always loved good jokes and wordplay and, yeah. and, and thinking of a joke and whatever. So... I started writing jokes when I was a kid, and then, um, you know, I'd write them down and I'd put them on, like, little note cards. And I remember there was a joke about, I had a joke when, because you remember Gerald Ford, he was a president who was falling down all the time yeah. or whatever, and he was running against Reagan, and I, had, I wrote a joke about well, Reagan was an actor and Gerald Ford was a stuntman or some joke like that. Yeah. So I was, like, a kid. So I remember <laughs> reading, there was this guy named Kenny Mayer who had, like, a column in the Boston Herald and he had gone, he was like, he was like a theater critic where he had gone to see Rich Little. He goes, oh, Rich Little did this joke. And it was a joke about Reagan being an actor and Joe Ford being a stuntman. Stunt and him putting that joke and going, amen. And I remember thinking, I wrote that joke, yeah. you know? So it did make me feel like, hey, maybe I can write jokes, yeah. you know? And I was like 13 or something, you know? So I started writing jokes and I would write them. And, and uh, when I was in college, there was a comedy show at BC right across my daughter's dorm called O'Connell House. And there was this comedian, Barry Crimmins, who I, I, I saw. Know. Sure. Yeah, I saw the first couple of comedians I wasn't, didn't think were funny. Then Crimmins came out. I was like, oh, this guy's hilarious. So I went and talked to him. I was like, you listen, I've written a bunch of jokes. And, and so I met with him at the Ding Ho in Cambridge. The Ding Ho. And I brought my jokes. Awesome. And here I was. You no know, other 19, place to be. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he kind of critiqued them. And he's like, you know, you can't really make any money writing in Boston. You have to go on stage. I'm like, oh, I couldn't do that. Oh, no. So he let me come to the shows for free, and I would come every couple weeks, sometimes by myself. I would just come, you know, and to get to Inman Square, I would have to take like two T's and yep. a bus, yep. you know, like there's just no way, you know. Green I mean? line to the red Green line. Green line to the red yeah. line, and then a bus from yeah. there, you know, and it was just so. And you're in college at that And time. I'm in college. And, um, but I would go to the shows all the time. And then I took a summer school class at Emerson taught by Dennis Leary, and we did stand up as well as write scripts and then the last class we had us do stand up and people came and they were like you should pursue this so I went to the open mic and Crimson was the host and it was just sort of you know that just a coincidence and and that's where I started my career yeah I'm the opposite I just got on stage with absolutely no jokes so great so terrible so great. So no terrible. but you have this thing where it just it's and I know you have material but it sounds like you're just talking no, I am just talking. <laughs> no, but that's such a nice thing. It just seems so natural, yeah. and it just seems where clearly, like if, if if one of my jokes misses, everyone knows I swung and missed. It's not you, that is absolutely true. You know what I mean, I it's it's you like know? when I when I I I was always under the assumption early on because I would watch pros do it, and you'd go like. If nobody laughed at that point, he would seamlessly go, you weren't supposed to laugh at that point. Right. The right. best people always do. Of like, Absolutely. no, that was still, I'm still setting it up. Yes. Really? It felt like a punchline <laughs> that landed poorly. And I remember when, or, or, I got to open for Seinfeld a few times, and there are times, you know, you're watching him night after night, so you're like, oh, that part usually gets a laugh, and it didn't get a laugh, but only he knew it, or yep. he and I knew it, because I'd been watching so, but That's what I was talking about, because I saw him so many times, so, too, and I was so like... So seamless. Seamless. And it just seems like he's talking, yeah. and if something doesn't get a laugh... No one's aware of it. Where yeah. if I don't get, it's like remember when Reggie Jackson used to swing and miss sometimes yeah. and fall down. That's like how it is when when my one yeah. of my jokes misses. It's but like, he did hit a lot out. <laughs> that's he true. He did hit a lot out. Back <laughs> that's true. Sadly. Yeah, that's funny. It's so because uh, you are the consummate writer. So all of a sudden you're doing stand up. How did you end up getting to Conan? Uh, well, I did stand up for, you know, I started in college and I did it for about ten or twelve years, 
And then... Um, what was your day job? I didn't have a day job. You just toured doing stand-up? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was... Were you, you living know, out of your car? Or well, you... I, you know, I lived at home till I was 24, and then I moved out, and... Was your father finally like, God, finally! <laughs> Sweet Jesus, man. Um, probably. He probably was. But I, um, uh, I, I, you know, I... I wasn't making that much, but I was enough to pay the rent, sure. you know, and that kind of thing. And I'd have a roommate and would pay, I'd pay the rent. And then, then for a while, I just lived in a little. I had some terrible apartments. I have, you know, I have that basement, studio basement apartment, Austin. And, and then I'd have, yeah, I'd have, and that, and then I had this one apartment that was on like the, the top of a two-family house, like just an apartment on top where it came to a point where the bathroom was literally like you had to sit in the shower on a little stool and do a handheld shower. Like, you couldn't stand up. It was just this, you That's know, awesome. you're at the point of an old Victorian. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Were your parents excited about what you were doing? I mean, they must have been like, you have a degree from BC. What are you doing? Yeah, yeah. I do think it's actually kind of lucky. I think that they, I think they had so much more faith in my, my, my Harvard brother that they're, like, they're kind of like, we don't have a lot of confidence in what's going to happen with you. So... They were, you know, I think with him, if if he had gone out, gone to Harvard and said I'm going to do stand up, they're like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> do you know what I mean? Right. But I think with me, I don't think that they had these. Their expect expectations were too high. I think they also knew I was always kind of joking around, right. and even my mother. What I do remember when I was a little kid, you know, be, you know, making jokes and stuff, where she would be like. Oh, he's going to make money off that sense of humor someday. So I do remember her saying that when I was a little kid. Do you remember the first show that your dad came to? Uh, well, my dad only came twice. In your whole life? In my whole life. And both times it was on, when I was on The Tonight Show. So he never once came to a club. He just saw, he just saw the, the grand finale of it all. Yeah. And I think he, you know, he... He must have been so proud. The Tonight Show is, I mean, it's the, it's the well, culmination it's, of everything. It's so funny because I, well, I, I missed Johnny Carson by a year, you know, by the time right. I did Leno his first year. And I think it had been Carson, I think he would have been even a little more impressed, like, oh, Johnny Carson, you know. But I think the most impressed my dad ever was, was one time, you know, you do Letterman and you do these other things. He's like, oh, whatever, you know. I opened for Pat Cooper. He's like, oh, Ooh. Pat Cooper. And I, and I was By like, By the way, everyone who's listening is like, who yes, is Pat? Yes, absolutely. Cooper? He was an old comic. Juggernaut from the 50s and 60s. Yes, an yep. old Italian comic. Yep. And angriest man in the world. Angriest the ang- man in the world. Angry guy. And is he still alive? He's probably still alive. I think he is. But is he he's, still alive? Yeah. He's got to be up there now. He's, he's got to be, be like 90 or something. Yeah. yeah. yeah he's absolutely. like Rickles era. Yeah. 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 They're still around. And. That that I wanted to go really. This is this, this is, is what it. this is that what the, for your thing, but he, um, you know, my dad was very Catholic and very puritanical, and if if he came to a club and someone did a joke about masturbation yeah. or something, yeah, that's it, you that's know, what or whatever. Father, like my father would it, he would definitely shut the TV off because something was too raunchy or whatever. You know, that do you kind think of that thing. affected your joke writing? Because that's what I love most about your jokes. Oh. They're not. They there's innuendo, but it's so well. And nowadays, kids are just like it's all filth. Yes, and yes. graphic. I do. You're, think... you're so subtle, and when they are about subjects that are like that, it's hidden in such a way well, that it's it's a great reveal. Well, thanks. You know, I do think with because of because of my parents being so Catholic, I had to be careful what I said. 
So if I said anything that was like, oh, you crossed the line, right. the shit would hit the fans. So I had to be, I had to learn to be funny within these parameters. It's way harder. Know? Yeah. Especially, yeah. especially if you're following some guy who's filthy. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you get up and do yeah. six or seven minutes of clean stuff. You know if those jokes are really good or not. Well, I do think it's actually helped as I've gotten older. I think when you're at my age now, if... If I do something slightly raunchy, the crowd's like, hey, what are you doing? Creeper. Do you know what I mean? Cre- I, I well, get they, the same. Creeper. They kind of bum out a yeah. little bit. Where it's like, the guy before me was the filthiest, <laughs> what are you talking about? And he killed, and, and you know? And it's the filthiest thing I've ever heard. You don't look that. Yeah. You can't, yeah. You comes out as a serial killer. Well, right? it's it's almost like, it's like they don't want to hear the, their dad right. talking about anal sex or something. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, I can't. That's funny. Uh, you know, even bachelor parties would be like, hey, hey, what are you doing? Hey, 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 tone it down with the dick jokes, buddy. Come on. Well, let's you jump know? to it. All of a sudden, you, you get Conan. You're mm-hmm. you're writing. You have a where your I guess your kids were after you. I started working at Conan. At yeah. Conan, so you already had a full. They never uh, saw like the crazy comic lifestyle. They only saw no, a no. Thank dad. God, no, no. Thank God that I didn't have to be. You know, uh, you know. I think it's a it's so much pressure. I you know so much know? pressure. Oh my God. Yeah. So, were you married? Um, Right before the kids, or were you guys married for a while? Uh, we'll be we'll be married twenty five years uh, this May. So you worked together a few years. So, yeah, so we were together. So once you got Cone and she jumped on the show. <laughs> well, we were married for like. Uh, but it's funny. I got married just as a comic at age thirty. Where it's like now I look back and go, "Would you have the balls to do that? Like with your meager income and I whatever." I was living in a studio apartment by the beach. I couldn't have supported a family yeah. anyway at that time. When yeah, I was 30, I, I, I just moved to Hollywood. I don't know how I... It's like now I think, what was I thinking, you know? But but so many kids today aren't doing that, and all of a sudden their lives are going by. They're 45, yeah. and they go, I, I kind of started too late. Sometimes I wish I had my kids earlier, you know? Well, I think there's pluses and minuses. I do think... Um, there's a lot to be said for working on your career and getting established and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know... And then, and, you know, we see so how many how many dads we see that they're seventy years old and they're having their kid. Do you know what I mean? That's me. Well, that's, that's, that's how this all fell into well, place. Well, we we've got you know my my kids. You know, you go to high school graduation. There's eighty year old dads there. You know, that's that's gonna be me, I'm, <laughs> dude. I'm your age. I'm like a year or okay. two behind you, and I have a my baby's gonna turn two next month. Wow. So but, yeah, I'm gonna be sixty eight when she graduates high school. Well, you're still youthful though. And <laughs> yeah, you're just... well, no, it's twisted. No, it's, it's okay. No, for no, you. no. I'm, I'm, I mean, maybe. I don't know far. if I'll be there. I hope to, but you'll, we'll see what happens. Oh my god, please. Um, yeah, that's. I think that's more L.A. That's nowhere else in the country. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's and true. Can you imagine if you were in like in Omaha and you were the seventy-five-year-old guy <laughs> who had like a ten-year-old kid? Well, you, I'm sure there's Clooney's about to have twins, right? He's fifty-five. Yeah, that's right. yeah. yeah. I always laugh when they're like, "It's with those guys." It's like, yeah, you, it's also no one's ever going to have to work in his family chain for the rest of their lives. Yeah, they're filthy rich, and so yeah, it's. I think monetarily, it definitely helps when you have kids. The the peril of working freelance absolutely I, that might be yes. why you stayed at conan for yes, all those, instead absolutely. of taking other deals and absolutely. going no no i'm good i'm good because you know if i jump to a sitcom and then it goes off the air we're you, you're off the air we're off the air yeah, your kids are off the yeah air. absolutely yeah, yeah, exactly. so i i think creatively i would have liked to have gone to a sitcom or done something where it's like let me try something different and and whatever yeah. but i just didn't want to risk that thing of what happens if we're out of work and yeah. then, then we're screwed, you know? How was it when you had the kids? Were you, I mean, obviously you were going to work every day. It was basically like your father. You just, yes. instead of phone company, you wrote jokes. Well, there was a, it, it was actually kind of a, a, you know, I was living in Boston. My wife was got, was a VP of a dot-com. So I get work, get my job at Conan and uh, my wife's making twice as much as me. At that time. At that time. Yeah. So 
And Conan was very shaky well. in the old days. Yeah. yeah. Conan was very shaky in the old days where we would get these 13-week contracts and every day you'd be reading the paper of Conan's going to go off the air. Who's going to replace Conan? Yeah, I, I remember mean, those days. You know, so I said to my wife, well, I'll go do this for 13 weeks or for 26 weeks. So I would fly to New York and I would work for the week and I'd fly home. So when my son was born, Conan let me work from home one or two days a week. So I still lived in Boston. And people were like, why don't you move here? It's like, well, my wife makes more than me. <laughs> you really, I should, if anyone should quit, it should be me. She right. should, you know, right. I should be the stay at home dad and she right. should be working or whatever. So I did that for a few I mean, you're years. You're writing jokes anyway. You can do that. Yes. So I was, I would write from home one or two days a week. And the other thing is, in those days, we had 10 or 12, 12 weeks off a year. Right. And especially on the Olympic, you would have 10 weeks on a normal year. And an Olympic year, we'd get 12 weeks off. So I'd be home all those weeks. So, and then the days when I was home, I just got to pick them up early and whatever and got to spend time with them. So I did, you know, I did go back and forth for a few years yeah. and that was kind of a drag. But and then when I was in New York, I would just do stand up and concentrate on my career, then come home on the weekends and just, you know, spend all days with the kids and that, that kind of thing. So Wait, did you have an apartment in the city? I did, yeah. Yeah, you just had a yeah, yeah. pied a terre. Nice. I did. Yeah. <laughs> well, I had some room, you know, I had a roommate and whatever, that right, kind of thing. Right, yeah, right, right. What, um, talk about having the kids, because obviously um, that's what this is all about. Were you different from your father, hand, like immediately? Or did you f- sometimes, like sometimes I catch myself being like my father and I'm like, stop it. You no, I do think, you know, it's funny because I, I've, because my older brother was seven years older than me, I, I, I feel like I almost modeled my parenting, if, whatever, lack of a better word, on him more than my dad. Like, my brother was silly, and he was fun, and he would play with me, whatever. And I think I was, like, my dad was never silly. <laughs> you know Ever. what I mean? Never, you know what I mean? Where, you know, with my kids, I was always goofing around and making right. them laugh. Especially when they're little, where it's really slapstick stuff that you're doing yeah. or whatever, but they're dying. And, you know, and I, I do remember my son as a baby, where I'd find something that would make him laugh, and he'd be in hysterics. And I'd go, I've got this thing I can pull out whenever. And I'd do it the next day, and he'd laugh, but not as much. And then I'd do it the third day, and he'd be like, "Yeah, get some new stuff." And you're like, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "I saw that joke, Dad." Yeah, and I'm like, "You're you're six months old. I thought I'd have this thing that no, no, it you know, eh, seen it. All you of know, a sudden you have to spend a couple hours writing new jokes. <laughs> I know. I'm like, how do I get? But um, so I do think um, I kind of uh, made this conscious effort, I guess, or whatever. To I think I just sort of emulated my brother. And more. you were pretty hands on because your wife was working. Yeah, yeah, and I, I have to say, I, um, I enjoyed the dad stuff. Do you know what I mean? Like, I enjoyed uh, playing ball with them. I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah I love that stuff. Yeah. I loved reading to them. Yeah, I wish I was a trust fund kid. Yeah, so I could just hang out with the kids and play you know, with them all day. And then... I, you know, I, I do wonder. I mean, if I did it all the time, if I'd be like, huh, I got to. Go have some, you know, if I would be like, that's too much. But, you know, I I would say like reading to my kids and playing, you know, hide and seek or playing ball with them or whatever. I love that stuff, you know. Were your kids well behaved? I mean, talk about some, did you have crazy problems with any of them or were they just perfect children the whole way through? Um, They. They'll never hear this, you know. Well, they, you know, my son got in trouble one time, like in the fifth grade for fooling around. And, just fooling around, just well, you, not like with a chick. You're not saying like fooling no, around. No, 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 no. It was he. I hate to tell this story. I hope no, uh, nobody listens, right? I, I hope not. No one's ever. Gonna okay, think. thank you. Great. This, he, these are the stories be, because here's what will happen. Everyone will go. My kid did that. He he peed in a locker. Sure. 
like this kid dared him or whatever he peed in the locker and it's like you know somebody has to clean that locker now that you did that yeah whatever you know and it was just a shitty thing and i was really pissed i think that's the only time that i remember really like i never spanked my kids or anything like that but the only time that it was like sat them down and read them the riot act and like that's a shitty thing to do and somebody has to clean that and you know better than that you know whatever and um i think he got i I don't know if he got suspended from school or he got um i think he got what he wasn't allowed to do um the after school sports whatever for the semester or something because how did he get caught i don't know I don't they remember. they could test for urine back in the day. That's a blood <laughs> test. DNA yeah. test. <laughs> but it, and it, and he was hanging around this kid who was like a bad kid. That's do you find yeah. that? It's, I feel like yeah. sometimes, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, and but I don't want to pin it on that kid. It was like, hey, you know better than that. And this kid's an asshole, and don't, you know. But it, the fact that the other kid got him to do it is pretty pretty skillful of that kid. Yes, yes, and it was that thing of I was really. Um, I wasn't having it, you know, and I and I do think that that kind of I don't know um, that was like so I would say the one time that that's he was the like, craziest. And story I think he have. was like, "Oh shit, I've never seen him mad at me like this." Yeah, you know what I mean. I think it was a little bit of a shocking thing for him, it's like your you sister know? getting you driving s- lessons. Yeah, yeah <laughs> you seem pretty even keeled. I we have explosions in this house, and then we kind of because we're four redheads, and so, so we great. explode, and then we go. It's okay. Don't worry about that. And yeah, nothing's gonna happen. We're not going anywhere, but we explode. You seem like not that very even keeled for the most part. You know, if, it's funny. I really, very rarely yelled at my kids, but when I did, it was like, oh shit, what's happening here? Because I feel like my wife was more on them and yelling whatever um and i have a longer fuse but when it did you know i think one time i remember when my son was like three he stuck a pen in my ear and i was like what the fuck <laughs> i mean i didn't swear him but i lost my shit like, then like, like jammed it yeah it was like it was like hey <laughs> then i you know then i bawled him out and then i remember my daughter when she was like two she ran away from me in a parking lot and that scared the shit out of me. Of course. And I chased her down and picked her up and was like, you know, I could just hear the emotions in my voice just telling her never. And she was shocked because I had never yeah. had ever been anything but loving and whatever. Yeah. And suddenly she was like, huh? I'm trying I'm to keep crying. you alive and you are not yes, helping. Yes. Me. And it was really, um, you know, it was just terrifying as someone that little running away. It was so dangerous. And, I still you know. deal with that. I mean, do you, it must be tough now that they're off to college even. Well, there, does that ever go away? That total Oh, fear? no, no. It's to, and especially, you know, you don't know what they're doing drinking wise or whatever, you know what I mean? Or drug wise or, you know what I mean? Like you try to say, hey, don't do this stuff. Or Have you seen them drunk? Um, my son is called home drunk. From school. From school. I mean, the, no high school though. He wasn't drunk in high school. No, he, he didn't drink in high school. Really? But, yes. Which is interesting. But my my. Did you? A little bit. I I really drank a lot in college. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's BC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I didn't. Um, but he, when he calls, like, hey, how's it going? Yeah, and it was kind of like, oh god, you know, whatever. It was so. so there's Are you some hammered? That, yeah, I mean, it was like, oh god, you know. But I, it's also. <laughs> Not so much now. I mean, I think now that he's a junior. I think freshman year is a big time for that. Can't help it. And I think you know he's on the baseball team, so he's as soon as he goes in the ba- they're like, "You're drinking," and we're drinking, and he was like, "Oh, like sit down and hear the whatever." Right. So, 
but it's there's no driving. You know, they're on the campus and whatever. And also, I have to admit, it's different with your son and your daughter. If she called drunk, you might be a little more worried. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and my daughter, when she was in high school, I think she drank a little bit. <clears throat> a little bit. But I remember she had a friend who was this girl who was probably 100 pounds, this adorable young girl, 16 or 17, whatever. They went to some party and this girl did 10 shots. Now, I couldn't do 10 shots at this point in my and life. And she's 100 pounds. 100 pounds. Yeah. And had to go to the hospital and That's whatever. pumped. Pumped. And it's also, it's like... You know, she could be gang raped. She could be, you know, any kind yeah. of thing. It was like, it's like, it's, it's a terrifying thing. It's much, you know, you hate to treat your daughter differently than your son, but there are no, some you have to. realities. That, We've you know, already, it's like, you don't go anywhere by yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Especially, but, it's a terror, because absolutely. I have two girls and the fear, yeah. my, they're redheads, so you know they're going to burn shit to the ground. <laughs> but even as, you know, to, even now you, you do a show and you walk to the parking lot and it's midnight, I, there are times when I think, if I were a woman... Sketchy. This would be sketchy. Yeah. Now it's like as a guy, you're like it's fine, but you think, oh, if a female comic now coming out of the club at one in the morning or midnight, whatever, this is kind of dicey, you know. Well, I always it's always like that one crapshoot. Like whenever you see some girl disappeared, and then they have the parking lot cam, and there's a van, and you're like, just sheer coincidence, yeah. that was the wrong spot at the wrong time, and you're like, how do you get your yes. kid to avoid that spot? Well, when my son was 16, you know, he would take the bus here, and he'd go to different things in yeah. in the city. And my daughter wanted to go somewhere, and it's like, oh well, you know, my wife's like, well, Sean took the took the bus. She, I'm like, no, no, she's not taking the bus. No <laughs> Sorry, it's you know, it's different with a 16 year old girl alone on a bus. Yeah, at 11 o'clock or yeah. whatever. Sorry, you know. That's um, but the boy, yeah. you're like, yeah, go ahead, go ahead, yeah, you'll, you'll be fine, you'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> you'll be fine. Well, it's funny. One week, my wife went away, and I had to bring the kids to the bus stop. Mm. So they're in, you know, they're probably. 14 and 12 or something. So I'm waiting in the bus stop, and she gets on her bus. His bus never comes. The one day I take him, here it is, it's like February. Right. And then they get a call. There's other parents there, and they get a call, and they're like, the bus broke down or something. The bus isn't coming. So it's those mom's like, well, I'll take him. Okay. <laughs> Total right. stranger, sure. Put put my kid in the car. Right. Have fun. <laughs> Seem fine. Yeah. Nothing, you know what I mean? Where you wouldn't put your daughter in that car. I probably wouldn't. No. Yeah, you know, it's just a different thing. Especially if it's a guy, you know, if it was a mom, I might have. But if it's some, if it's a dad, it'd be like. I don't want to be overprotective, but I'm like, whenever they have like male babysitters for girls, I'm always like, you're an idiot. I would, yeah. I just don't, would never do that. And yeah. they go, oh, I know him. He's the next door. Neighbor. We don't know anybody. Yeah, that's true. Because we all know what we're like when no one's around. <laughs> yeah. We're not, we're not what we yes. pretend to be. So yep. I would never, ever yeah. let my little girls go into some guys. Yeah, that's true. Uncles, some weird. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah well, yeah. I'm glad we went down this path. Yeah. This is always. No, this is the path. Oh, my God. Because kids are terrifying. They are terrifying, I have to say. And it doesn't, it doesn't end. It doesn't. That's it the, doesn't end. Uh, I was hoping it would. No, no, it doesn't end. And, um, yeah, and especially when they get older and they're driving or they're, what out, out in the world, you know, anything can happen. I don't know. It's what are you guys gonna do now that the kids are gone? Are you are you planning your uh, vacation retirement? You know, it's funny. My wife is fine. Like this, it's been kind of traumatic for, for me. For you, yeah. And I, Why? I, I even, you know, it. Um, I've lost like six or seven pounds. Like I'm not. Like I feel like a lot of like. It's almost like you go, well, I guess it's over. I guess there's no point in me to me anymore. Do you know what I mean? And <laughs> Your purpose has, is gone? Yeah. Except for yeah. those monologues. Well, that's just it. It's like you just kind of like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm fine when I go to work. But I, um, 
when you're home, do you it just is it oddly quiet? Conan's you... monologues have turned very dark. <laughs> yes. <laughs> have you seen that? Yes. How about kids going off to school? It's talking about what's the point? That's right. Who Why cares? should I go on? Do you call so your kids and go, "Hey, how's it going there?" You know what? I and they were like, "Hey, stop calling me." Well, it was like that because I was I would send them like a text or a Facebook message or whatever, and then my son revealed to me that my daughter thought I was annoying, and I was like, "Oh." Okay. Well, I changed your diaper. I know. So I'm I paying it, for that yeah. school. So I really, it was like, oh, okay. So then I pulled back, and then, but it's interesting. A couple times she's called me when she's upset about something, and it's like, oh, okay. Right. So she'll still do that, you know. Of course, uh, when she's when she needs you. Yeah, that yeah. was all of us. I well, was kind of a jerk in college to my parents, and I look back and I feel really bad about it because they would like drive me down and drop me off, and I would just like run out of the car. See ya. Yeah. Bye-bye. Yes. Well, when I was, you know, I was living at home and we used to have these, I took this class in college, it was my daughter's taking it now, where <clears throat> it would combine philosophy and theology. And they were two of their re- core requirements. So they had these lectures on Wednesday nights. So my dad would come to pick me up. It's like, I don't want you coming to pick me up. I'm in, I'm in college. I'm embarrassed, you know. And my dad would show up early for everything. Like, we'd go to mass when we were kids, and the lights wouldn't be on yet. And it's like, you know, we could have had breakfast, and we're kneeling in the dark here, God, you know. God watches all. And he, like, when, I, when he moved to San Diego, when I would fly out to visit him, he'd show up at the airport, like, like an hour or two early. Like I would lie about what time my flight was coming in because I didn't want him just... Well, that's and, everybody. My father would take us to the airport yeah. to fly four hours early. We'd yeah. sit there forever. Let's and it's, this is way before 9-11 where you could... Right. In the old days, if your flight was 6.30, you could walk in there at 6.28 and yeah. get on the plane. Yeah, you know? With a cigarette. Yeah. And it, <laughs> I remember my dad dropping me off one time and I read a whole book before I got on the flight. And it's like, you know, how many hours do we need to be here? You know? <laughs> But anyway, I do I, I do remember in college him coming to pick me up at this thing, and it's like, what the fuck? I don't want you here, you know? But I, I would love to go back to that point and go, hey, everybody, this is my dad. Yeah. I wish I'd have done yes. stuff like that, and I hope my kids do it, but they're never going to do it. That's not the chain. Yeah, yeah. They're no, embarrassed by you, but that's then we true. grow older, and we're like, we feel terrible. I wish I was nicer to my parents. Yeah, 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 but some of it, you know, I, not, even when they're pushing away, and it's funny, even like you see it when they're two, when they're kind of, you know, pushing their independence. Oh, I do. If I hear that again, I do. Yes. Uh, no, you're not. You're not getting milk out of the refrigerator. Yes. You're you're two years yes. old. Yes. Yes. But so it's a and it's but that that they do the same thing when they're twenty in a different way of yeah. of I'm an adult, I can go do this or whatever, yeah. you know. Well, that's the fine line is trying to be their friends and stuff. So. Yeah. All right. I have a couple questions to uh, end this sure, shenanigan sure. on. Uh, what is a trait that you hope your kids get from you? Um, hmm. No, no. That's terrible. <laughs> we'll get to that. <laughs> um, uh, that's interesting. Well, I think... Or, and your wife. What, what are the traits you hope that your kids inherit from you? Well, I think I really did... Um, I, don't, I say it like it's in the past tense. I think I've I think I've really enjoyed being a dad. So I hope that that my kids enjoy being parents. Just and not not too soon. Not too soon. No, not like no, not for like no, no. Good lord, not for like fifteen years or so. That's but the I, one fun call from your daughter you don't want. Yeah. yeah oh yeah, my god, dad. Absolutely. That. Oh my god. That's, did you talk? Did you did you or your wife sit down and talk with her and go, hey, or you need to be on the pill or something? Well, yeah, my she, kids are already on the pill. They're three, <laughs> one and a half. Um, I'm not taking any chances. <laughs> uh, my wife's kind of talked to my daughter, and 
you know, my daughter did go to an all-girls school, which was very... Uh, there was a lot of women's issues and girls' things that they kind of did, which I think was a good thing. Like, I, I feel like she's... Trained. Yes. Ninja style. Um, to stop pregnancy. So, yeah, and I do tend, you know... It's, those talks are so awkward. Oh, my God. Of course know? they're awkward. Yeah, yeah. But why, can, why should they be? Because we're these repre- daughter, I'm repressed Irish still, Catholic guy. Good we Lord. haven't named... Like, she still points to her front bottom part, and she goes, My bum bum. And so she's not she's two, but yeah. part of me wants to go, that's actually your vagina. Right, right. And which people have said you should say those words to your children because if you know, then they are mislabeling their body parts. And I go, actually your bum bum's back there. And then she's she pop, you know, slaps her front and she's like, Bum bum and I'm like that's not your bum. Well, why? Why can't I just say to her yeah. that's your vagina? Well, I. It's such a weird. It is. I mean, but she. Well, she's only two, but I do think <laughs> she is only two. Maybe it's early. It's early, but I do think it, there are things that are hard to say. But if you if you start saying it a lot, then it gets easier. It's easy. Like, it gets easier. Love. I never said love when I, I never told oh, yeah, my parents yeah. I loved oh, them no, until no, no. my father was older and I went to hug him and he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. He, yeah, yeah. He shook yeah. my hand. Yes. And well, I was my like, dad. I, when my son was born, my 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 niece, my brother's daughter was born like five months later. So we fly to Arizona for the christening or whatever. My son is there. He's he's a five months old. So he's going to go to bed. It's like 6.30 or 7 o'clock. So baby Sean's going to go to bed. My dad, his grandfather, shakes his hand. The infant. The five-month-old. The five-month-old. No hugs, no kids. No, but yeah. And it's like... Okay. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Really? Your grandson is an infant? You can't hold him. Yeah, you know what I mean? So. Good morning, sir. Yes. I mean, Good absolutely. Top of the day to you, sir. Cheerio. So, you know, that's what I grew up with. So it's like, that's okay. That's what we all grew up with. Yeah. I, even now when I say, like, I, I'm like, I grab her and I go, I love you. You're not yeah. going anywhere. Yeah. Which is probably creepy in the other way. But it's like. But so, so your dad never said it to you. Never. No, never. Never, never, never. never Firm never, handshake. Never. Yes. That's all. Absolutely. That's the same thing for me. So I mean, does your daughter talk to you about boyfriends? Well, and she does have a boyfriend now. Has she ever said, "Yeah, I'm not a virgin anymore"? I'm... Um, she's in college. She's in college. I don't know what's going, on. but she just has her first boyfriend. You know, does your now. wife know? Do you and your wife talk about it? Like, what do you think? Is she is she doing it? Uh, you know what? Well, here's the thing. Her you boyfriend. Can't avoid it. Her boy. I know. Her boyfriend lives in England. So she, my daughter, was at camp this summer, and then she, at the end of the summer, she started this little romance with this kid who was, he was the, uh, the tennis. Consular or whatever, you know and she those did guys the were on it. Well, it's so. The good thing is he's three thousand miles away, mm. which is, and actually the nice thing is she went to school, and if guys are hitting on her, she's like, oh, I've got a boyfriend. We're kind of like, oh, this actually is pretty good. She's got a boyfriend that's far away, so these drunk BC kids hitting on her, she's pushing them away. So that was all good. This kid came at Christmas time to visit. He's a nice kid. I don't know what's going on. I don't want to know what's going on. You do want to know what's going on. I don't want to know. You don't no, want to no, know? I don't Does your know. wife know? Did he stay know. at your house? He did, yeah. What, what were the sleeping arrangements? Well, we have a little, uh, like a little Fonzie suite over, over the garage. Okay. Oh, you have a Fonzie suite, <laughs> so he's in the garage. Yeah, yeah. But I remember when I had girlfriends and I would stay over when I was younger, whatever, in college or whatever, and I would sleep. We would just wait until everybody went to sure, sleep. Sure, sure, And yeah. then all of a sudden, it was tiptoes. And yeah, some, yeah, some yeah. But I mean, luckily, around. he's in the garage, and it's not... It's not, it's not connected. It's not connected. I got to so, get one of those over the garage. Then. Yeah. And yeah. they installed a tripwire there. So. <laughs> were you guys up all night, like, listening, or were you just... Um, well, it was... It's... We... You know, like, when my son had his girlfriend over, it was kind of like... We're, 
we were less. Of course. Mo- yeah. It's a Isn't it weird? Thing. It's so weird. It's weird if you have a boy and you're like, well, I hope he gets a lot of sex. <laughs> yeah. And then you have a girl and you're like, hey, sh- I hope she never has sex. Yeah. It's in, and, and, and at least, you know, my daughter's kind of like, oh, this is a double standard with Sean. It's like, yeah, I'm not. You're right. I'm not arguing with her. <laughs> but it's just different with a girl, you know? Still, I hate to be like that. You still got Irish Catholic I know, thing, dude. So it's some so, so funny. I, cr- I know. I do. Maybe cr- the next generation will be totally washed out. Yeah. That's the goal is to it's get gonna, it out by 2050. I mean, there have been some improvements, you know? I mean, I definitely tell my kids I love them all the time right. and stuff like that, but... Um, you're so annoying, Dad. Well, I was, t- you know, and, and affectionate with my kids or whatever. Right. So I feel like I... You know, and I, I remember when I'd go visit my grandmother, my dad, my grandmother lived with my dad the, her last few years. And before I leave, I'd be like, oh, I got to say, I love you to my grandmother. And it was like, I'd be nervous be and so be nervous. like, whatever. And I think my my other family member was like, what are you doing? And then I'm like, what am I? It's like, Jason, what are you talking about? Why, Grandma? Yeah. You it's know, hard to say. And then I would do it. And then it was kind of like, in my house, I was like, what's this guy doing? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> what? what was that crazy what's liberal? It? Absolutely. Like, love? what's his problem? And then you I'm like, P-snick? it's like, absolutely. It's Where like, what's your problem? You know? That's uh, funny. So ridiculous. I know. I, I I went with that with girlfriends. I had trouble saying the words "I sure, love you." Sure. Yeah. Well, like, that's what beer is for. That's you know? what we. Uh, <laughs> she would. Girlfriends would say that. Last night you were so affectionate. <laughs> yeah, I was hammered. That's yeah, why. Now I'm sober and I'm back to <laughs> like, uh, the, the walls back up. Yeah, Relax. it's so true. What's a trait that you hope your kids don't get from you? Um. Well, and your wife. Uh, this. Well, I, I won't go into what her. I don't. I won't take her down but she gets mad at me for you know so, so, some of my self-loathing sneaks out sometimes you know or it's it's too apparent do you know what i mean so i think i don't want my kids feeling like that about themselves do you know what i mean where does it's, that self-loathing come from you're a successful guy or you know happily just, married with kids you it, got a great life going on you got a job which is rare in this town it's it's um it's very easy for me to feel like I'm nothing. Really? Yeah. To feel like no one's ever heard of me, never done, whatever. Not here's, what, whatever. here's what you need to do. You have to realize that you are nothing. That's where I come from. I know I'm nothing. And then I just go about enjoying the day. Well, that's, that's yeah. a good way to look at it. I don't like, yeah, I go around. I'm actually surprised when anyone goes, hey, I recognize you. Yeah. Oh, when they first oh, yeah. say it to me, I go, oh, maybe from bartending days at O'Brien's <laughs> or from something else. And they'll go, no, you're on that show. And I go, oh, Oh yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Well, in doing stand up in Boston, I kind of got recognized a lot because it's it's a small enough right. place and I'd be out and about. But in L.A., especially where it's hard to yeah. feel like you're anything here in this in this town. You know, it's easy to feel better. Well, I've done it. I've done this joke many times in L.A. And here's the best thing about living in L.A. You never have to worry what anybody thinks about you because everybody's thinking about themselves. <laughs> so great. And once you understand <laughs> that, true. like even today I have that audition or whatever and I have to be like, I have to go in and go, they don't, you think that they're so obsessed with like, is, is this, they're thinking about their own job. Yeah. They're like, true. am I going to get fired? Today? Yeah. That's, that's what true. everybody's thinking. <laughs> that's true. And as soon as you do, you go, oh, screw it. Let's that's go play true. golf on my day off. Yeah. No, that's it. true. All right. One last question. What is a mantra, uh, like a, like a slogan or something that you, if you could just tell your kids one little nugget that would help them through the rest of their lives, what would it be? Oh boy. That's a word a of wisdom question. to pass on. Maybe it's um, something from your father. Maybe it's a, a joke you wrote for a monologue. Um, you know, I, one thing I always say to my kids is, um, I always say to them that, that success isn't convenient. Like it's a pain in the ass that you have to, to 
work when you don't feel like it or practice this thing that you don't want to, you know, that you're tired of doing or whatever, that I think there's something about, because um, there's, it's so, our lives are so mundane, yeah. you know, even if you say you, you, you make it to the major leagues, you're a professional baseball pitcher, mm -hmm. you think, oh my God, what you're sitting in the bullpen for hour. That's got to be dull. I and that's had this you know conversation what I mean? with somebody. Y you know, we were talking about music, and I saw the Stones in Cuba. Yeah. And I said, to their credit, they get up every night and they play Satisfaction. Yes. I couldn't do it. That's Everyone's just like, it. I would love to be in the Rolling Stones. I go, listen, I love the Stones. Yes. I could not play that song absolutely. every night for sixty years. I so, couldn't do it. Absolutely. So that's when you think, and these are the most glamorous, exciting jobs. Actor, you, right. know, you know, as an actor, you're an actor where you're on set. It's take after it's take. It's the most boring this, job on earth. Right. You shoot the same scene for 12 hours. Absolutely. It's painful. And these are the most glamorous. Yeah. So, like an astronaut. Yeah. That's got to be painfully, painfully boring. Painfully boring. Painfully boring. Tedious. So whatever you do, if you can if you can deal with that, that tedium yeah. and and somehow, like the when I go to work, it's like, huh. I gotta sit here and write forty jokes again today. It's really hard, you know. I every watch day. what you do, dude, and I'm, I couldn't yeah. do it. I have all friends who go, "Oh man, I would love to have that job." Would you? Could you get up, read the newspaper yeah. every morning, and go, "Here's forty brand new jokes <laughs> yes. that are going to appear on television." Yeah, well, so I have a chance to. So I do think learning to deal with the tedium, because if you do something that you like enough that you can, you can, you can handle it. Yeah. You know, I love it. Success is an inconvenience. That's it's pretty a, good, it's right? It's a great one. Yeah, thank yeah, yeah. you. I feel like that's like my that's one football really, coach I saying that I say. Yeah, All right, I, I don't do this for anyone else, but I want you to. Do, can, do you know what your favorite joke is that you wrote for the monologue for Conan? There was one that we had. I liked where <laughs> I think about this. I, you know, written seventy thousand jokes, you, I, you can barely think of one that you that's like. That's right. But there was. One, I remember when Alex Trebek. Um, there was some incident where he. Uh, tore his Achilles heel. And we said that Alec Trebek tore his Achilles heel, or as he called it, uh, the heel named for what hero of Greek mythology? <laughs> <laughs> that was a joke that I liked. Whatever. I love it. <laughs> All right, my guest today, Mr. Brian Kiley. Uh, they can find you at because you do, I see you doing stand up a ton. Yes, yes. And I'm Twitter at, at Kylie Noodles. At Kylie Noodles. And uh, yeah, I do. I, if, I, you wanna uh, see, if you want to see kind of what it's like behind the scenes at Conan and hear, and hear a bunch of jokes and stuff that sure. you're doing out. Yeah, yeah, come yeah. find Brian. Uh, my producer and buddy, Mr. Andy Lerner, thanks for helping me out today. My pleasure. And, um, Watch when next time you watch the monologue, you'll go. Oh, that's, that's <laughs> there's some Brian Kylie. I appreciate it. So, uh, thanks for coming out today. Uh, we'll see you next time here on Father Time. <laughs>